Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Today I want to start a journey over the next couple of weeks in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, thank you, you guys are good, thank you so much. The book of Jonah is an interesting book. And I want to share with you over the next four weeks about sacrifice, about surrendering. Because as I read it, that is really what it boils down to. Today I want to break it up into... One chapter each week. Today, we will look at the topic of running from the Lord. In this passage, in this chapter, the very first chapter, Jonah is caught running from the Lord. Once upon a time, there was a bird that wanted to fly freely in the sky. But it kept trying to control everything flapping its wings too hard one day it decided to surrender and trust the wind it let go of control and surrendered to the flow and guess what the bird soared higher than it had ever soared before experiencing true freedom and sometimes we realize surrendering can lead to our greatest adventures. Surrender is how we find success in the kingdom of God. When we look at what Christ has done for us, the blood that He's shed for us, the life that now He has given us, we are compelled to surrender. In this great book of Jonah, we are introduced to several things. And I want to run through them if I can. Jonah, first of all, means dove. He is the son of Amittai, which is my truth. Some have argued different things about that. That's not our goal today. That's just who Jonah is. Jonah was from this village called Gath-Hafar. It was a small village. It was close to Nazareth. And today it is known as Mashhad. The timing of Jonah is, it is, it is something that is not kind of pinpointed. But we do know that Jonah was a contemporary of Jeroboam II of Israel, the second. And interesting facts about Jonah is this. The only prophetic book that is solely on foreign soul. Jonah also is the only book in the prophets or in, uh, that, that is a prophecy that is solely focused on a Gentile or foreign nation. It's the 32nd book of the Bible. And it is the only prophet that our Lord and Savior refers to in Matthew chapter 12, 39 through 41, when he likens himself to Jonah. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at several scenarios. Obviously, next week, you know, we'll be in the belly of the whale or the belly of the beast, the belly of the fish. 
The third week will be at Nineveh. And the fourth week we'll be looking at how he responds to the, the situation there that was at hand. But today we look first and foremost to the lack of surrendering that this prophet gave to God. In fact, in Jonah chapter 1, it's lined out in this manner. It's, it's, it's basically in four points for us. No surrender equals no presence. No surrender affects others. No surrender puts us spiritually asleep. And no surrender produces storms in our sea of retreat. The first thing that we see in this book of Jonah as we see that God had given him a word and that God said go to Nineveh, we see that God says go to Nineveh and Nineveh is nowhere near where Jonah wants to go and Jonah says I'm going to go the opposite way because when you look at what God says, He says four things in point. He says arise, He says go, He says to Nineveh, and then he says, cry out. Well, what Jonah decides to do is just a little bit of that. For the next thing says is that Jonah arose. But then Jonah fled. Jonah went to Tarshish. And the Bible says he went away from his presence. Because see, halfway surrendering is not full surrendering. See, you can't surrender halfway to God and expect God to do a full blessing. God can only bless those that fully surrender to Him. See, surrendering is a key in the Christian faith. Surrendering is something that we must have. It is a cease of resistance and a submission to authority. Jesus says to us in His Gospel, he says that if any man wants to come after him, he must what? Deny himself. Jesus goes on to Matthew chapter 10 and he says if anyone finds his life in him, he will lose it. We don't do this simply because he is a, vengeance or a vengeful God. He does it because of what he has done for us. He wants us to submit to him so we can live for him. The word goes on to say in Galatians chapter 2 and 20 that we are crucified with Christ. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says that we lay aside every weight and sin. In all of these instances, it gives us this idea of surrender. See, God is not dwelling with the ones that kill their brother. God is not dwelling with the Korahs who leaves a rebellion. God is not dwelling with a David that commits adultery and murder. In every one of those situations before the supernatural presence of God could come and kabod or dwell among them, there must have been repentance. There must have been surrender. At the heart of surrender we see in Jonah is the very presence of God. Surrendering your life will present the will of the Father. Surrendering, surrendering your life will bring His prayer, His salvation. Hear me out. And surrendering your life will bring His presence in your midst. The Bible says that if you draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. That if you seek, you will find. Ask. Knock 
And the door will be open. Surrender to the Father is key. And before I move on real quickly to these next three points, may we realize that His presence does not dwell with people that have not surrendered their life. If you want His presence with you, if you want His presence over your home, if you want His presence everywhere that you go, it takes surrender. It takes you selling out to self, denying yourself, saying I would rather have Jesus than silver or gold. That you can take this life, but give me Jesus. And when you do that, His presence dwells with those people. Say Amen. So when we say we want His presence, when we say we want His blessings, when we say we want Him to dwell among us, are we truly Are we truly desiring that? Or are we saying we want your blessings, but we don't want to surrender? It does not happen. So first thing, no presence or no surrender equals no presence. No surrender equals no presence. Jonah said, I'm going, I'm going to halfway do it. God said, I don't go and dwell among halfway surrendering. I told you to go to Nineveh and that's the only way I'm going to be with you. And I will tell somebody here today that you cannot have the supernatural blessings of God, whether you hear me this on, on whether you hear me say this on live stream, or whether you hear me say this on podcast, or whether you're here today, God does not bless halfway surrendering. If he did, he would have dwelt with Jonah on his way to Tarshish. But because he denied and he did not surrender the Spirit of the Lord, he said he fled the blessings and the presence of God. And the next thing I see is when we don't surrender. Remember, surrendering is just submitting to the authority of who God is. If you don't surrender, guess what? You may think, well... My disobedience is my disobedience. My wrongs are my wrongs. But you know what I came across today in chapter 1, or this week in chapter 1, is that our disobedience and our running affects others. Pastor, what are you talking about? Do you realize that in this chapter of Jonah, That the Bible said that Jonah fell asleep in the ship and Jonah had jumped on the ship and was going to Tarshish in the ship. But he wasn't the only one in the ship. And when the storm came and when his disobedience caught up with him, it didn't just affect him, it affected those around him. It wasn't that they felt the e effect. It affected them. A affected them in their life. And they had to deal with his non-committal and non-surrendering to Yahweh. We see it in scripture. Saul led the nation into a place of disobedience in the Old Testament. We see in the story of Achan in Joshua chapter 7 that Achan kept the holy things from, from, from Jericho. And the Bible said it didn't just cost Achan, but it cost his daughters, his sons, and his entire family. And they were killed. 
The story of Peter quitting after Jesus' resurrection. The Bible said, he said, I'm going fishing in John chapter 21. And it wasn't just Peter that went fishing, but it was six other of the disciples that said, we're going with you. We're done with this stuff. I want you to understand that your storms and that your bitterness and my rebellion and my situations because of my non-surrendering surrendering to the call of God, it does not just affect me, but it affects those around me. It's not just you that it will affect, but it will affect those that you hold dear to you. In fact, it will affect your spouse. Yes, your non-surrendering to the Lord God Almighty will affect your marriage and your relationship with your spouse. It will affect your children. It will affect the, that, that offspring, that generation that God's given you. It will affect those children and the future that they have mapped out for their life. Our disobedience will affect our family. It will also affect those friends that are around us. May we realize today before we move forward in the book of Jonah talking about surrender. May we understand when we choose to run from God. It will not just affect you but it will affect those around you. Your bitterness will hurt them. Your rebellion, my rebellion, my disobedience, my ability to say God I hear what you want and I will do the opposite it will affect those around you the most heartbreaking scripture is found I believe in the book of Judges where it says there arose a generation that knew not God because the former generations would not surrender to the will of the father father so when you run from God Hear me out. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, almost done. When you run from God, when you don't surrender and you run from God, the presence of God is not... Now, now He may, as we see later, he may, he may try to get your attention. But His presence, His supernatural kabod, His, his supernatural uh, dwelling presence of God, His Shekinah glory doesn't dwell and hover over us. And lives of running away from God, it does not just affect you, but it affects others. But then we see that after all of this, we see Jonah is where? Asleep. There's a quiet contrast between Jesus being asleep and Jonah being asleep. Jesus was resting because he was at peace with what God was doing. He was in his will. Jonah was so spiritually asleep and dead... He didn't realize that he was actually, I don't believe, some have said they think it was not that serious, that Jonah didn't realize it was that bad, but I don't see God swallowing anybody else up with a great fish. So it was some type of serious for this outcome to eventually happen. But what I see here is a man that decides to not surrender to the will of the Father. And the Lord says, I'm going to send a fish. But before that, he is so spiritually dead, he goes and falls asleep when he should be saying, God, i got to get back to Nineveh. Because 
because I have turned away from what you want me to do. Let me tell you, in chapter 1 verse 5, it gives us this description of Jonah. But I believe symbolically it can represent anyone that has turned their back on the plan of God because a hardened heart will result in a sleeping servant. Can I say that again? A hardened heart will result in a sleeping servant. And we are children of God. Sometimes I need to hear Ephesians 5 and 14 that says awake oh you sleepers. Sometimes I need to be reminded of Revelation 3 1 through 6 in the church of Sardis that thought they were alive but they were dead. When we fall asleep and we become dead spiritually we become numb to the circumstances of our disobedience. Somebody say amen. Man. Oh God. I know time is out. I know I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. A life unsurrendered is a, is a life asleep and a life that is numb to the, per, to the present circumstances that they are in. There are a lot of former believers that are comfortable in their present debauchery and their present indulgences. Can I, can, I, can I say that again? Because what happens is, I know what time is. I know what, I know what I've got left. I know what I've given myself and allotted myself. But I, do, I, I will forfeit the latter so you can hear the present. I want you to hear what I say. There are a lot of believers that are comfortable in their present debauchery or their present indulgences because they are spiritually asleep. There are a lot of preachers that used to proclaim the gospel, but they are presently asleep. There's a lot of teachers. There's a lot of singers. People hear me out that once sat on a pew, but now their life is pew-wee. I know that's a bad joke, but now their life stinks because they have not surrendered to the plan of God. There are people and there are individuals that once sung the praises of Zion, but now they're praising idols of self-gratification that once preached, taught, and worked in the kingdom, but now the only thing that they promote is the service of their flesh. I want you to understand if we're not careful, when we don't surrender to the plan of God, it takes us down a slippery slope. We lose His presence. We affect others. And then we find ourselves spiritually asleep to where we are no longer, we're no longer aware. Oh man, I shouldn't do that. Oh man, the Holy Spirit, is, I don't want to lose His presence because it's the Holy Ghost that convicts me at home. It's the Holy Ghost that convicts me when I'm watching something I shouldn't. It's the Holy Ghost that gets a hold of me in the altars and at the piano and in the church that says, I want to use you. I don't want to lose His presence. And when I don't surrender, I go down a slippery slope to the point to where I can be on my way opposite of the will of God and not be moved by it one bit. I can be on my way to Tarshish. 
that I can find myself asleep at the wheel. My heart breaks. I beat myself up over and over, and I don't know I shouldn't. It's probably the way I was raised. But I think I would rather be like that than to just be comfortable with any old thing in my life. Because I hear things and I see things and I know things and not here. I'm talking about we have Facebook and Instagram and everything else. It, 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 it hurts this preacher when we see the things that we've allowed in our culture and in our church and, and what Christians have become comfortable with. And if we're not careful, what's happened is we've not surrendered to what God wants us to do. And we find ourselves in the bottom of a ship headed to where God don't want us to go and we are asleep at the wheel. We're not moved one bit and if God wants to wake us up with a storm, it don't even wake us up because we're so far removed from His voice and I'm part of it. I want to go back to His presence. I want to go back to what He wants us to do. I don't want to just halfway surrender to God, but I want to fully submit to Him. Say amen, somebody. Got one more point. What happens is our non-surrender, our non-surrender, our running, produces storms on retreat. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, I didn't have room to put it all in there. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Our running from God. My running from God. Because I never want you to think I'm preaching hard to anybody other than me at times. Because our running from God produces storms on our sea of retreat. What do you mean by that? What I mean is that Jonah was using this sea to retreat. Jonah was using this seed to run away from what God had in store. Jonah used the sea, the boat, all of these things to get away from the plan of God. However, when we do not surrender, the things we turn to all of a sudden produce storms that should remind us that we have strayed from God. Where's your proof, preacher? Well, for David, his sea of remembrance was when he found himself in an adulterous relationship and he killed his best friend and then all of a sudden the child died. For Judas... He found himself holding thirty back, or he hold, holding the silver, the pieces of silver, and he betrayed Jesus Christ, and it didn't satisfy him. It just turned him and began to cause conflict to come inside of him. For Israel, it was something called the golden calf. They disobeyed God, and in their disobedience, a storm began to brew, and judgment was issued on that nation. Let me tell you this you can go down I can go down I can run away from God I can I can say God I don't want to surrender to what you have in store for my life and wherever I go there will always be a storm to remind me that you need to get back to the Lord you have strayed from God I don't believe there is a single person that once knew this heavenly and glorious way that it backslidden from God that they are not coming.
constantly reminded they need to get back to surrendering to the Lord. And if they have gotten there, they are so callous and so cold. I don't know what will help them, but I believe for every person that is strayed from the Lord, no matter what boat you're in, no matter what sea you're on, when the storm comes up on your life, on your sea of retreat, there will come a storm that will remind you that you need to surrender to the heavenly call and you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and give Him your life. Somebody say Amen. And Jonah, this is a reminder. The storm is a reminder you're in rebellion. Singers, musicians, can you come? I'm done. This is a reminder that you should not be in the sea headed in this direction. Please, just, just, just look at me just a moment. It's a reminder you have a greater promise, a greater purpose, but now you are living your own purpose. It's a reminder to me that my own purpose will never get me closer to Jesus. Only Jesus' purpose will cause me to draw closer to the King. Running from God never produces anything that God wants to produce in your life. In fact, today I just want to remind you of what I've already stated. If you want His presence, if you want to change others around you, if you want to be awake, if you want to be alive, and if you want to be headed down the right sea, that even when, even when a storm comes, you know that He will be with you every step of the way. And on the other side, there is a table prepared for you that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of our life. The only way that that can be your promise is if you have surrendered to the will of the Father. And just like that bird in the beginning that tried so hard to fly, that wanted to fly so freely and kept trying to control everything, flapping its wings so hard. But then one day it decided, I'm going to surrender and trust the wind. And in that moment, that bird began to fly like it's never flown before. Because the only way that the child of God can ever do what God can ever be flourishing, can ever live that life of abundance, can ever claim and hold to the promises of God, the only way is when they surrender to what He tells us to do. Stand with me. Today I want to ask you why surrender? We sing about it. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way. But we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. And we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.